0: Welcome to GovIT, a monthly podcast series from TD Synex Public Sector, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is, and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. In this episode, we're sitting down with Brian Emond, VP of Solutions Engineering at LogRhythm, to discuss zero trust in the public sector. And let's talk about zero trust. Zero Trust. This is on everybody's lips in the federal government pretty much these days and by extension on every contractor's thoughts. What exactly is it and why do we care about it so much?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Zero Trust is, uh, is really a security framework. It takes many of the well-known security concepts that have been around for years, like access control, least privilege, network segmentation, and just kind of applies them in different ways. So the term zero trust itself has been around for a little north of a decade. And the premise behind it is just that trust in and of itself can actually be a vulnerability. So you gotta be really careful with it. We're actually better served if we if we assume no trust and we verify everything. So an example would be like traditional security models typically have the idea of internal and external. So you have your edge firewall that has all the protection in place. Everything outside is dirty. Everything inside is considered clean. And that clean inside typically means that you kind of relax on your security controls, right? You let your guard down a little bit. So this model works really well if you buy into the fantasy that all the bad stuff stays out and I always catch everything, which of course isn't true. So zero trust tosses that concept on its head and uh, even suggest that you don't even need an edge firewall if you uh, operate under the impression that all networks at all times are, are dirty or potentially malicious. So zero trust is really more of a, an implicit deny policy for users, devices and systems until that access is is verified and validated.
0: And in the Internet of Things era and the sensor era, and not just in the military domain, but many domains, then you have to have zero trust apply to other things besides user devices, such as bots or output from sensors and that kind of thing. The IoT also?
1: Yeah, it's not exclusive. uh, The framework applies across the board. So if you want access, if you need access, you must be verified, validated, authorized to do so.
0: This is important because it reverses really the way people were thinking about security from the perimeter basis to the access basis, which is sounds similar, but they're really quite different. And in picking people to work with, cybersecurity partners, tool sets, what are the most important considerations for agencies?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I like the question because um, there are so many partners and tools in the marketplace today you know, I think you could easily throw a rock and hit five of them with the rock. So, and many of those partners and, and tool sets are claiming the same features and value props too. So really how do you kind of differentiate between all these guys? Just leaning on my background, I guess, speaking personally from myself uh, as a career practitioner and, you know, 11 years with logarithm, just a couple of things that I would call out. So specifically for zero a zero trust architecture, you're, you're going to hone in on a cert, certain tool sets. So your identity and access management, your policy management, your CDM, you're going to want to focus on compliance, threat intelligence, and of course, your your logging your, your SIM technology. Um, that should just name a few. But I'd probably like to answer a little more generally, broadly about the tool set and the partner. What do you really need rather than a feature set? I would emphasize a couple of things. One is just their their customer focus in general. And that's a tricky one because everybody you talk to, of course, loves their customers, right? Of course they do. But dig a little deeper into that. Which ones will really put their money where their mouth is and have your back when you need them, especially when you're going down a zero trust journey? If I'm hiring you as a partner or a tool, I need to know that you know you're a member of my team. And in the end, I have to deliver on securing my environment. So I need you to be a solid member of that team. Dependability, just are they trustworthy? If they make a promise, do they actually keep it? I need tech. I need partnerships that continuously innovate. They're pushing themselves and by proxy, pushing me to make my posture better. Keep me up to speed. So I also need to know that they have the, the, the processes in, in place on the back end, that if, if I happen to need a feature, I can toss that in and know that they're going to crank it out for me, right? It's not just an afterthought. Now, lastly, I would say that the technology or the partner is is a little bit battle tested. They're, they're proven. So we talked about throwing the rock and, and, and hitting five of them. Three or four of those five could easily be flash in the pan startups, that are claiming their new way is so much better than the old way of doing things. This is shiny and attractive. It's gonna get your attention. The, you know, those marketing teams are are very talented as well, but buyer beware a little bit. Be sure. careful with that decision because as, as soon as that you make a poor decision there, you bought into the hype, you deploy, you realize that it wasn't what you thought it might be for you. And now a year later, you're back in the market at, at ground zero um, because you're not gonna renew with those guys, so.
0: And from a technical standpoint, I think people, and you can confirm this, want from vendors in the cybersecurity area some sense of what is out there, threats way in advance, as opposed to the zero day, here we do, here we are, what do we do model. That has been the traditional pre-zero trust approach.
1: That's it, yeah. So some expertise built in, right? You're as a solid partner, a member of my team. You, uh, you're you're a trusted advisor. I need I need to lean on you for your expertise. E- even you're seeing a lot throughout your your other customers, right? Your base. Come to me, share that knowledge, and make me better.
0: And what can agencies do internally to make sure that they are implementing best practices? I mean, maybe a way to ask this is what makes a really good customer partner in the cybersecurity journey, in the zero trust journey?
1: Yeah, I think internally there's a few things that you really need to focus on. So first of all, zero trust is awesome, but it's no cakewalk. Logarithm went down this journey, the zero trust journey ourselves. And it took a lot, it took it took a lot of conversations and a lot of time and investment. So be prepared for that. You're gonna need buy-in, you're gonna need time and resources. So from a buy-in perspective, I would say that the best thing that you can do for yourself is do a good job roping in your, your leadership at the highest levels. Make sure that they understand that this is worthwhile and it's the right thing to do from a security perspective for the organization. Get them behind you, but not, not just them, try to make sure that you go wide with the idea of zero trust especially your your IT counterparts if I'm talking to a security audience make sure you go loop in your IT counterparts specifically and make them part of the team this is kind of a team project team sport so you really want to establish that culture of inclusion and make sure that all these stakeholders feel empowered to uh, to contribute to the project and make sure that collectively you're all successful in the end. Another thing that is absolutely critical before you even get started is is some some solid planning that goes in into your zero trust approach. So a couple of things that you want to key in on that I would highlight is the people in your environment. Many times humans are considered the weakest link. So a solid understanding of uh, who and and what they need access to to, to complete their job well is a great place to start. Another one is identifying workloads for Zero Trust. This could represent a lot of different things, but many times we talk about cloud utilization. Agencies are moving to either all cloud or some form of hybrid cloud, or even just the use of a SaaS product, the use of a cloud product. Understanding how your your organization and your assets, your users interact with those cloud resources is a big deal. Devices, you're gonna get into Asset management, you know, hardening procedures, policies around bring your own device, all of those are really important to put on paper and make sure you're clear. From a network perspective, I would say establishing logical segmentation is, is a big deal. You're gonna you're gonna build out this layering into your architecture. In the end, if something did happen to go wrong, that layering actually reduces your attack surface. So so the malicious actor can only do so much at that point. And then, of course, last but not least, the data within your environment, you're going to want to classify any sensitive data, identify specifically where it lives, where it's located, and then map out from there how to properly defend it.
0: Sure. And I wanted to ask you about security information event management, SIM. This is something that's been part of the cybersecurity lexicon for a while now also. And how does that come into play when you are looking at a zero trust strategy?
1: Yeah, so near and dear to my heart as a bleed blue logarithm employee, um, but a, a sim is your vigilance, your your continuous monitoring is not a nice to have for for zero trust architectures. It's it's a- absolutely critical. The level of trust that any any system has with a particular user device application that should vary from from any moment. The things that change when they do change, that zero trust system needs to be able to recognize that change and adapt quickly so your sim will provide that that centralized point for monitoring activities and behaviors within the environment and this will allow that zero trust system to ensure that users and devices remain trustworthy throughout their use sims also have an understanding because we're collecting all of this activity data we can easily understand, develop baselines to understand normal versus abnormal behaviors. Now this is critical because you identify typical for a particular user or a device. Any abnormalities that you see from there could easily be the catalyst that causes your zero trust system to go and adjust the trust level for a particular asset. So it's huge. So the SIM is really the bedrock of a zero trust architecture. Make sure that you take the time and choose wisely. You know, we talk a little bit about good vendors. Be careful of the, the feature Me Too game, especially in the sim arena. I collect logs, oh well, yeah, me too. You gotta look a little deeper than that, right? Try to find um, the ones that are customer focused, the ones that have the backend ability to, to deliver for you and understand your needs and objectives. They will be that partner for you, especially when it comes to a zero trust architecture. It's a multi-year commitment. There's a lot of moving parts to it. You're going to need as much help as you can get. So choose choose wisely when you're looking for your SIM.
0: All right. Some good advice from Brian Emond, Vice President of Solutions Engineering at LogRhythm. Great having you with us.
1: Thank you very much. Great to be here.
0: For more information on LogRhythm and their public sector security solutions, including SIM and Zero Trust, please visit LogRhythm.com forward slash solutions forward slash SIM hyphen government. You've been listening to GovIT from TD Synnex Public Sector. We'll be back soon with more public sector IT content. I'm Tom Temin.